Welcome to Life Skills for Kids, Superstar Practical Strategies, your go-to podcast for surviving and thriving with your children. I'm your host, Deb Hopper, and as a parent and an occupational therapist, I understand the reality of getting through each day with the kids. Join me as we delve into tips, tricks, and strategies that you can use today. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Hopper, Occupational Therapist from Life Skills for Kids and this is the Life Skills for Kids podcast. So today we have a very special guest, Dr. Louise Metcalf and she is from the Feel Good Clinic in Sydney and also from George.com which is spelled G-H-E-O-R-G and I'm sure that Louise will tell us about George later on. But hi Louise, how are you today? Hi Deb, I'm really well. Thanks for coming on. It's lovely to have you here. Now, today we're talking about practical tactics to support your child through COVID-19. So at the moment, we are heading into the second wave here in Australia and we've had periods of school closures and it's kind of just closing down again, lockdown in those high-risk areas. So it's one of those things that we were hoping wouldn't happen with the second wave, but it seems it is which is kind of a letdown. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's quite grounding, isn't it? But we're, we were told at the beginning, but I think we all kind of had this hope that we wouldn't have to lock down more than once. But it's, it's slowly setting in that we're going to have to lock down for a second time. And we may even have to lock down in multiple times as we learn to live with the virus. So, yeah, it's important to find ways to really do that in a way that can really support mental health. And that's one of the things that, yeah, it'd be great to talk about today. Absolutely, because as families, it's quite complex because we have us adults, you know, coping with this new reality and trying to guide our children through them being able to process this, I guess, as well as juggling work and everything. So it is multifaceted. Absolutely. And I think it'd be very strange, you know, parent who isn't also worried about this virus and how it's traveling in our community and how long this will take. And also, of course, about all the economic conditions as well. So, you know, we are worried to bravely kind of go through thinking that we can just sort of cover that up for our kids is is not helpful for them and probably not helpful for us as well. So embracing that and learning to, to do that well is what we're kind of after. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about three tips today for helping us and our families to navigate this COVID-19 process. So kick us off, Louise. What's the first step that you recommend? The first one that I recommend is to try and keep your routine as much as possible. So if you are getting up at, say, 7 to get to school on time, then keep getting up at 7. It can be really tempting to sleep in, particularly in winter, but that routine is really helpful. It helps kids to feel that life is kind of, you know, as normal as it can be. And it helps us to get things done and to stay on track and still feel you know, professional when we do actually turn up to work, even if that's on Zoom and you've still got your tracky decks on underneath. Yeah, so routine is really helpful and it's just good to kind of stay on that as much as possible. Obviously, there are going to be changes, but try and work them into your usual routine as, as much as you can for sure. 
Yeah. And one thing that I work with families a lot is to help to communicate that routine or the change of routine to kids through having like a visual schedule or a list if they're older or, you know, pictures of what's happening first, second, third. And that can really, really help. Absolutely. That is such a great technique. Yeah, fantastic. To have it really easy for children to really see that and to follow that and to be able to prepare themselves if there is a change in routine that that it has to happen. Absolutely. That is such a great technique. And I think too, like I find that having a the big whiteboard with the month on it can be really helpful, you know, especially if things change suddenly, like if you have a COVID case and your school closes down, you can just say, okay, well, it's school at home for the next two days while they're cleaning and then we're going back to school, for example. Update it as you need to, but if kids can see it, they don't need to keep asking. Yeah, absolutely. And it means they can get things right a bit more often, which helps them to feel really competent and like like they have things under control a little bit. And that just helps a lot with managing anxiety. It does. Absolutely. What's our second point, Louise? Well, it's it's something that is sort of really obvious, I think. When you're going through this kind of thing, there's a lot of news coverage of the pandemic. I mean, I, th- I don't think I've turned on the TV once in the evenings for the news for several months now. Maybe it's, it's it would be something like nine months now where there's not a mention of coronavirus. So it's everywhere. It's pretty dominant. And, you know, kids definitely pick that up. And obviously you do have to stay on top of the news a little bit in these kinds of conditions. But for kids, it's really important to kind of limit the amount of that news. It's quite negative and it's, it is quite dominating. So just, just limit it. You don't need to cotton ball kids and, you know, so they don't know anything about the pandemic, but they don't need to know all the details that an adult might want to know or need to know. So limiting the news is really important. but On the flip side, it's really important to amp up the communication between parents and children about what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and even, you know, what's worrying them about the pandemic. If as a parent you're worried about something and your child notices, it's actually quite healthy to kind of talk to them about what that worry is and how you're managing that. It gives them tools and it helps to show them that adults do kind of have problems too and we do figure these things out together. Yeah, I love that idea of modelling. I just want to make a quick comment. In our house, we've kind of gotten addicted to the news since this community. And I think it's, I don't know if it's like a dopamine hit or, you know, some kind of hit that you get from always being on high alert and we've stopped it the last week or so and it's really made a, a big difference to the calmness of the house and so because I still like to you know hear what's happening because I think it's important for a number of reasons and so I've just been using the ABC radio app so I can just hear the news like three or four minutes on my way back from the gym or work or whatever just so I can get that update whenever I want rather than having to wait until the news comes on. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, the ABC News. I, actually, I haven't used that for a while, but I should pick that up myself now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's really good. It has the best headlines and just keeps you in the loop. 
Yeah, because we do have to stay in touch. It's important for parents to kind of know so that they can, you know, mitigate some of the risk for their family and and also maybe get ahead of toilet paper buying. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I think, you know, as professionals too, like we need to know if things change, like we've had to start wearing face masks. Yes, absolutely. You do need to keep in the loop. Yeah, the workplace for health professionals has really quite changed at the moment and maybe for quite some time. So that's very interesting to kind of keep on top of. Yeah, and important. Yeah, okay. But I guess, you know, that leads into, you know, we can help manage our children's anxiety and communicate that, but we we still need to look after ourselves, don't we? Yes, yes. How many of us have been guilty over the last few months or several months of not really taking as much care of ourselves as we really should have been? And some of the things that we might be using to take care of ourselves, like the gym, were kind of taken away from us and that maybe required some creative thinking. But yeah, we do need to manage our own anxiety. You know, I I think of this as real adulting. It's disciplined self-care. You put it as a high priority on your list and you do it every day. Managing your own anxiety, but also just managing all those challenging emotions that you can have in really difficult times like a pandemic. Yeah. Absolutely. And getting back to things that I guess, you know, knowing your own anxiety hacks, for me, that is jumping into the ocean all year round. And I had stopped for quite some time. And I did it for the first time last week for two days in a row. And it's like, oh, I missed this. I didn't realize through that whole, you know, three months, how important it was, because it just grounds me so much yeah absolutely nature is a strong component of a lot of people's self-care and you can also call this restorative processes right they restore us they make us feel whole or more human again so Mm -hmm. the ocean is yeah a very popular one also bushwalking just walking around your neighborhood and just breathing in the fresh air taking a moment to look at the beautiful blue sky being mindful of where you are and what it feels like and how how it's impacting on all your senses just for a short period of time and that can be very restorative I have to admit when COVID really hit they took away the pool and and that was my main restorative (laughs) part so I had to I had to move more into walking into greenery and uh, as bushy as I can, but it's a good challenge. Think creatively. All these things come back eventually. The pool did open again, so it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the water can be really nice and calming, can't it? Absolutely. Water has this beautiful kind of imagery to it. It's obviously you've got the blue, but which is beautiful the most cool and calming color in the spectrum but it also has this kind of way of kind of you know washing over your body which kind of almost almost very physically can take away all the more challenging emotions that we might be having at the time so yeah water is beautiful definitely on my list yeah yeah (laughs) fantastic so just to recap so the points we've raised are keeping the routine as close as possible and mapping it out in a timetable or calendar. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, limiting the news, but keeping it up for yourself, but having that communication with your children so they do feel like they are in the loop. And I love this, your concept of disciplined self-care because self-care often doesn't feel like it's self-care at the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like exercise sometimes you can yes. start doing Ah, no, I don't know when I'm doing this. But you feel better at the end and it helps you really throughout your day. I know. Self-care is not just all massages, facials and, you know. No, I wish it was. <laughs> it would be much easier. be much more expensive though. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That is very helpful. I'm sure it will be helpful for lots of people as well. But I'm wondering, can you tell us about George? Absolutely. I would love to. George is a little robot. He's very cute. He is very kind. He's kind of like your wise friend and he's an app that we built particularly for kids with anxiety. So he has little stories in him that involve his also quite cute friends going through aspects of anxiety and some some other challenging emotions that can be connected to that. And he has some terrific breathing exercises as well that he's just super encouraging through. He'll sort of he sort of cheers kids on as they as they do these breathing exercises. So it's very cute. He's just a little app. And the way he's spelled is yeah, G-H-E-O-R-G. And it's an acronym. So it's Gentle to Humans, Emotion and Thought, Organisation and Resilience Guide, which just says it. That's exactly what it is designed to do. <laughs> oh, because we need to build resilience. And when you have anxiety as a kid, and I did as well, you just... Me too. It just beats you down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know about your childhood, but in mine, it certainly wasn't very recognised. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So you had to sort of wing it. You had to sort of survive on your own. As a psychologist, I'm really conscious of helping kids not to feel so alone in that journey. And George really helps to sort of, you know, he's just a little robot friend that kind of holds your hand and you kind of go through that stuff. So, yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Louise. I'm going to check out George. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to meet him. So, yeah, jump onto George, G-H-E-O-R-G.com. Perfect. Great. It's been lovely having you on, Louise. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Deb. It's such a joy talking to you. It really is. You do amazing work and I just I just feel very honoured. Thank you so much. Thank you. And don't forget, George, and you can also grab the Teaching Kids to Manage Anxiety book, which would be very helpful as well. Such a good book. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining me on the Live Skills for Kids podcast, providing you with superstar parenting tips and empowering you to be the rock in your child's life. Do you have an anxious child and feel overwhelmed and unsure how to help them? Check out my book, Teaching Kids to Manage Anxiety, Superstar Practical Strategies to help your anxious child move from fear and worry to confidence and peace. See you next time.